Bucketeers podcast is a proud member of the TSP and the Timeskew Podcast Network. You can catch our podcast on a number of outlets, including Timeskew, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at Bucketeers. Hello and welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another exciting, another excellent, another great episode of the Bucketeers. We're already at episode seven. We just keep rolling here and we got football tonight. We are here. Week one is here. Me and Big Buckowski are fired up as always. We got another great episode. Big Buck will bring you the episode preview very shortly. And as promised, we have our give away winner to announce that will be announced about midway through this episode we can't wait to announce this winner we can't wait for him to listen and contact us once again winner congrats once you hear your name during this episode just reach out to our twitter at bucketeers because obviously you follow us and we will get you this jaquiz rogers game use glove other than that oh my oh my you can follow me on twitter at tricky tones bgte i will also be this tuesday representing us the bucketeers podcast yes i will be on tuesday on the armchair quarterback show they are also a proud member of the tspn which are we now we love TimeSkew, and we're honored to be a part of their network. Without further ado, we can't wait any longer to bring our great co-host in, Big Buckowski. Big Buck, how are we doing today, my man? We have football. Finally. Yes. Finally. It has been the longest offseason ever, but it's here. It's finally here. Oh. How do you feel? How do you feel, Anthony? How do you feel, Tampa Tones? Are you hot? Are you hyped? Are you stoked right now? I'm amped for like an element of reasons. It's like a kid on Christmas type feeling, an indescribable type feeling. I think I'm in like a million fantasy leagues, which I still have to send you my rosters, by the way. But I'm in so many fantasy leagues. Uh, you know, I have a Bucks atmosphere around me. I got a new TV in my basement. I'm literally amped up. Tonight's going to be incredible. We got football back. And Big Buck, I don't know about you, this was something that in, you know, June, some doctors were on record, you know, saying, hey, this football season might not be looking good. So let's not take this for granted. Let's enjoy every game we got. Like it's the last game of the season. We're going to celebrate every single second. We're going to celebrate the good times as much as the bad times. This is a whole new perspective on the football season. So for this episode, Tones, are you ready for this? Oh, yeah. I think, I think we're going to have to eat mud on the Leonard Fournette thing. We're yeah, gonna we are. have to. Yeah, we're gonna have to eat our words a little bit. Um, we're sorry, Mister Fournette. Um, we're we're really happy that you're a part of the Tampa Bay Buccaneer family. You seem really excited about it, and we're so happy you're here with us. Please don't kick our asses. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you got you got to throw that in there. You know, get yep. a little amount of groveling. And then, as you said, we have a giveaway winner announcement. Finally, finally, it's over, it's done. We have a winner. We're super excited for this person. And then we have a week one preview. This is going to be tough. We got the Saints, week one. Don't pull no punches here. And then we're going to cap it off with Red Imputer with Chris at all things Buccaneer. And then we have a brand new segment, my segment. It's called MFers to look out for. Be on the lookout for these mother effers. Tones, are you ready to eat your words? I'm ready to eat my words, but I'm also very excited for our new segment, MFers to look out for. Big Buckowski thought of it himself. It is great. It's going to be incredible. He's going to lead this segment. It's going to be awesome. I hope you guys enjoy it. We're really going to depict three opponents. He'll get into describing it more later for sure. Um, you know, I'm just trying to delay me eating mud, eating words right now. <laughs> I don't think... Procrastinating. I, yeah, I am. I am. Just like my uh, pick'em pool I still have to do. It's due pretty soon, actually. 
Really, it's already Thursday. Holy crap. Okay, enough procrastinating. Mr. Fournette, I am sorry. We are sorry. You know, um, a lot of Bucks fans pleaded for you. A lot of them got their wish. So, last week's show, we said this isn't Madden. Um, I guess we did play a little bit of Madden this offseason because we kind of got rid of Daria Goombawale and we brought in Leonard Fournette. You know, we got rid of other running, we got rid of Peyton Barber, brought in LaShawn McCoy, James Winston. You were my guy but we got rid of you got the best of all time we got rid of um Leggett the tight end and got Gronkowski you know there's multiple positions that were dreams of upgrades Leonard Fournette's happy to be here he's posting Instagram pics photoshopped with Tom Brady he's posting videos photoshopped of him Bruce Arians and Tom Brady all hugging having a great time so Fournette we're sorry usually Bucks fans get excited at hearing a name is available they get overhyped they get over happy uh we had that segment with Earl Thomas this isn't Madden we held true on that one we've predicted our other fair share of things like Pat O'Connor making the roster Jack Shishi making the roster um Chicky I'm sorry and then um Parnell Motley and Molchan were our two youth UDFA predicts predictions to make the roster. So we have hit our fair share of base hits and home runs, but this one we struck out. Big Buck, I feel bad. I'm embracing Fortnite now. How about you, my man? I mean, come on. He is a freak of nature. He's been a freak of nature his entire career from high school on. And I am more – I'm actually pretty freaking stoked that we got – Leonard Fournette, like top five pick in the NFL draft. That's incredible. Um, and then, you know, I think it's going to benefit Rojo as well if we have like a two-headed thing going on and they can really be a tandem similar to it, like say a Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram kind of combo bombo. Um, that's what I hope for. And just, you know, this year is going to be crazy with COVID. It's good to stock up wherever we can, whenever we can. Um, and also his contract doesn't really – it doesn't break the bank for us. He signed a one-year deal worth a maximum value of $3.5 million. He has a $2 million base salary with incentives – Mm. And what's what's good about this whole contract is that Fournette himself can double dip into the Jaguars' salary cap. Um, so this works out for everybody except for the Jaguars, which, I mean, they're the Jaguars. Come on. <laughs> they're going to sabotage themselves. And yeah. they've done that for the last three years, you know. So I would like to say Mr. Fournette – I'm sorry. I guess we are in Madden. I guess our GM is user controlled. And um, I would like to say thank you to the Jacksonville Jaguars for giving us this opportunity. Yeah, a little more for full circle on this real quick. A little bit of breaking Bucks news. It broke a little earlier today. We did, as Big Buck just mentioned, never bad to stock up on running backs. We're playing Madden. We brought in former Super Bowl champion Kenyon Barner. He's a running back. What? And a returner. Yes, we brought him into our practice squad. He returns punts. He had a punt return touchdown last season, actually. And he had a uh, return the year he won the Super Bowl. So he's been on the Patriots with Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski a couple years back. He was on the Eagles the year they won the Super Bowl. So he signed to their practice squad. We add another running back. He takes Dari Agumbawale's old number, actually, the day that Dari signs at Jacksonville. So Big Buck, what are your thoughts on us adding Kenyon Barner, another running back, and a good return backup just in case Jada Mickens isn't getting the job done? Well, I think we're just – we are in this mindset of let's just get as many – as much talent as we possibly can for, the, I think, for the foreseeable future with this COVID pandemic. Um, and honestly, let's just bring the whole – bandwagon of 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 patriots down here we'll take everybody like they're familiar with with tom brady they're familiar with gronkowski i think i think 
I think we might have to go after Julian Edelman here in the next year or so. Uh, I think that might be on the table, you know, barring some, you know, strategic kind of salary cap moves and everything like that. But that's huge. The return game is huge because I think who's returning. I think it's Antoine Winfield jr. Is he returning? Yeah, I think he's returning punts, but wasn't Mickens returning or was he not? I gotta look that up. I, Here, it's let me go to important. Let me go to her depth chart right now. I could have sworn Winfield was on punts and Mickens was on kicks. Let's see here. It here is at the Bucketeers. We want to be accurate. It, it it's Mickens on both right now listed as kick and punt with Winfield as a backup kick returner. So we'll likely see Mickens and Winfield returning kicks back there and Mickens returning punts. So Barner's depth for sure. All right. Let's, I mean, it's, there's nothing wrong with adding a few more pe- uh, bits and pieces. Um, practice squad, he can work his way up. Our practice squad is, is actually really talented. We got Josh Rosen as a quarterback. Our practice squad could be somebody else's second string or third string uh, roster spots. Oh, yeah. So Abs- you got to love that. Yeah, you got to love that. You got to. And Big Buck, um, just real quick, a little more insight before you finish your thoughts on Kenyon Barner. He, when he won the Super Bowl with Philly, he had the chance to return four kicks in the playoffs for 100 yards. So that's 25 yards average in the playoffs per kick return. And that's not that. Bad. No, not too bad. And then, as I said, last year he was able to have a punt return. And in his time with New England, it was a brief stint, but he did play alongside Brady and Gronk, so he's very familiar with them. He played with New England in 2018. He was, on, he was active for five games. He had 20 carries, and he averaged about four yards a carry. So that's pretty good that he has familiarity with Tom Brady in a COVID year and that he is – um, you know, playoff experience returning kicks. Oh man, that's that sounds like a huge, huge move. It sounds like Jason Light is is. I mean, I think he honestly deserves GM of the year if we make it to the playoffs this year. Like he's been so consistent with his free agent signings. Uh, we had a little bit of a rocky uh, draft problem but i think he's learning i think we got our guy tristan Wirfs. i think he's gonna be fantastic um and then yeah dude i'm just super duper excited i'm i'm excited to see how this pans out maybe we'll see him on the field some uh one of these one of these games here yeah we might have a chance at seeing barner on the field uh sooner rather than later because let's be honest i think mickens is nice i think he's reliable depth but i don't think you know he's really done much to earn the return spot i just don't think we had a return guy so he was given it i believe if we see mickens struggle returning on sunday i really think we could see barner returning as soon as week two especially with tom brady's endorsement since they have played oh, with each other before that is huge for barner as we know it's half of brady's show now and as you said another big move we made this week we got Josh Rosen. So between Rosen and Barner on our practice squad, I know we got great guys back as well, like Tanner Hudson. I mean, we got some great undrafted free agents on our practice squad as well as Pearson, Hogan, Leverett. The list could go on and on. We're just loaded, big buck. This might be one of our most loaded rosters ever. And speaking of loaded, we had some kicking things happen this week, didn't we? Oh, this was going to happen anyway. (laughs) Let's not act like we're all surprised here, okay? Suck Up won the kicking competition. Big shock. I am super duper shocked. I can't even, like, fathom this at all. Like, I am just so perplexed. Like, what is life right now? No, of course, (laughs) I'm kidding. But it was going to happen. I mean, the guy... Suckup is a veteran. He's been proven. He's been on winning teams. He's, you know, he's our guy. Matt Gay, I mean, I'm sorry it didn't work out for you, and I hope you find a roster spot somewhere. Um, But that's what happens. That's what happens when you don't make your kicks, bro. And and it's really frustrating. I, I praised Jason Light earlier. 
But then I also kind of was a little frustrated with his draft picks. This is this is also not as frustrating frustrating as uh, Robert uh, Roberto Aguayo. Yeah, but it's still pretty frustrating that we wasted what what was it a fourth, a fifth I want to say a fifth a fifth round draft pick an early fifth. Uh, so pretty much a fourth. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much a fourth round draft pick for a guy that we were just going to uh, cut a year. It, you know, it's it's frustrating. But Mr. Suckup, I love your name. <laughs> <clears throat> And welcome to the Tampa Bay Buccaneer family, sir. Yeah, I mean, you look at Ryan Suckup, and the name doesn't jump off the screen, but we know this guy. He's a veteran in the NFL. He was on the Chiefs for about five seasons, and he was on the Titans for about five seasons. So this Pretty guy, good track record. Pretty good track record indeed. He was on Kansas City from 09 to 2013, to be exact, and on Tennessee from 2014 to 2019. His Titans tenure didn't – as expected last year as he tried playing injured and he missed a couple kicks once again he was playing injured but before that he's had a pretty good career if you're not counting last year he had a really good field goal percentage coming into last year sitting at about 84 85 percent historically that's a lot better than a recent wave of kickers and I think when we gave Ryan Suckup $1.05 million a year, anytime you give a kicker more than a million dollars, to me, you're kind of committing to them a little bit. As you said, it's awful getting rid of Matt Gay. We wave the white flag and a draft pick, another one down, the, another one bites the dust. It's sad to see, in theory, we could have used that second-round pick from Aguayo and that fifth-round pick from Gay, pretty much a fourth round, as you mentioned, but second and fifth, we could have packaged that up for a hell of a player, a hell of a veteran guy. Like, look at what the Vikings did with Yannick Nagoku. They traded two mid-round yeah. picks for him. So it's a little disappointing to see these guys not pan out, but I do think we made the right move with suck up, you know, as much confidence as you want to put in a young guy. We just get burnt by uh, sticking with kickers a little too long sometimes. So, Matt Gay, sorry, you actually cost me the vote. Okay, man, you actually cost me the vote in Nick Citro's Bucks fan Twitter whatnot thingy that he ran in June. So Matt Gay endorsed uh, Stank Bastard, who I was running against. So Stank, you're a hell of a guy. You probably deserve to beat me anyways. But Matt Gay, I won't forget that. We had a couple Bucks fans saying this is going to come back to bite you, buddy. And, well, this may be why you're off the team now. Ryan Suckup, we look forward to having a class eggs veteran like you. Hopefully you can carry your 83%. Well, hey, Big Buck, I don't know about you. I'll take 8.3 kicks out of 10. I'll take it. I mean, if we play our cards right, we shouldn't need to rely on a kicker to win games, right? Absolutely, sir. But anyway, so speaking of fans, I'm not sure about any one of y'all, but – our fans are actually Hall of Fame worthy, big, nasty, got inducted into the NFL Fan Hall of Fame. Tones, how do you feel about that? I feel like this is a massive accomplishment for our fan base. Yeah, and we're finally getting some love we deserve. Shout out to Big Buck Nasty. Is that your brother, Big Buckowski, Big Buck Nasty? There's something great going on there. But He's old enough to be my dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and nonetheless, um, I've been following Big Buck um and now i'm confused big uh <laughs> i've been following big buck nasty for years this guy's incredible he's been a great bucks fan he's honored us he's a true leader you know he's a patriot going to all those games we love him man you represented us well and we're finally getting the love and respect we deserve it's great warren sap actually tweeted something out a little video of welcoming him into the hall of fame then big buck nasty uh put out a video as well thanking warren sap next Award and statue. He was across from Leroy Selman and Derek Brooks statue, oh. saying we should have three more. And he mentioned Ronde Barber, John yep. Simeon Rice, Big Buck Nasty. We couldn't agree with you more, my guy. We got ripped off in Hall of Famers so far for the Super Bowl year. How are you telling me only Brooks and Warren Sapp from the Super Bowl team are in the effing Hall of Fame right now? How are well, you telling me? These two guys are the only two in the Hall of Fame. It's disrespectful. It's disgusting. We need uh, Barber, Lynch, Rice. All three of those guys are more than qualified to be Hall of Famers. I'm sorry. 
They are better than half the damn guys in the Hall of Fame. John, John Lynch's stats are better than Troy Palomalu's. Palomalu, Palomalu got in over Lynch. That pisses me off. Rondé Barber is the only cornerback of all time to have more than 35 sacks and a certain, I think, 50 interceptions in his career. That pisses me off. He really? deserves to get in. Simeon Rice is over 125 career sacks. He is not in the Hall of Fame. That pisses me off. Mike Elstott, the best rushing fullback of all time, of our lifetime, doesn't even sniff the Hall of Fame, yet you got kickers with half-ass field goal percentages like Moore Anderson making it just because he was an old sack of shit kicking in the league. I'm sorry. That's the type of junk that pisses me off is the unfavorite views that the Buccaneers face. And we're seeing the tide turn now. We're seeing our fans get in the Hall of Fame. Next up is our players because, damn it, Brady's going to bring us a Super Bowl. We're going to play a home game in the Super Bowl this year. We're going to win that damn Super Bowl. We're going to start getting the love and respect we deserve. Rank over Big Buck. I'm sorry, man. That's just how I feel. Ooh, that was hot. That was hot. Oh, I loved it. Loved it. Loved every second of that, Tones. That was that was Oscar worthy. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that performance. And uh, I mean, Oscar worthy, man. I just want to see a winning product. I think we're going to get it, and I think we're going to start getting what we deserve, man. How about you? How about you? I'm okay. no 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 man that's 100 percent true that was 100 percent real man and the most frustrating part is i think the nfl record for most hall of famers on a defense goes to the steel curtain defense and they had six hall of famers if you can run math and we only have two and there should be three or four more we should be in that category we should be considered to be the O2 Buccaneers, the best defensive front in NFL history. We're up there with the big guys. But just no love, man. No Warren, love. Warren Sapp actually tweeted with me earlier this summer because we were interacting with Steelers fans on Twitter. Warren Sapp stepped in and said, O2 Bucks defense was way better than the steel curtains. That's all I'm saying. Warren Sapp himself, a member of the Bucks defense, endorsed that statement that Big Bukowski just said. I mean, I got sources. I got people at my back, okay? But mm-hmm. 100%, let's get fired up. Big Buck Nasty, welcome to the NFL Hall of Fame, sir. You earned it. Being the face of our franchise or being the face of our fans franchise and killing it every single game. I remember you cheering us on, even with the Josh McCown days. Oh man. Ooh, that's hard. But he was there, man. He was always been there. Yep, we salute him for always being there, and that almost brings us to our next topic now. Our next – Big Buck, do you want to take the reins on this? Do you I'll want to take, take it. I'll take the reins, sir. You don't want to know why? Because it's time for MFers to look out for. Boom. So, with this segment here, and Mr. Tones, I'll explain it to you as well. We got you three – MFers to look out for, and every single week I'm going to go over which MFers to look out for on the opposing team and maybe even suggest how to prevent them from being MFers. For, you know, censorship purposes, we have to shorten it to MFers. So, Tones, are you ready for some MFing MFers? I'm pumped. I'm amped. I'm ready to go. I think this is going to be a fun segment. We're depicting some enemies or frenemies, as you may find out. Yep, yep. And what better person to fit that description than this MFer here? See, I almost messed up. This mother (laughs) effer right here, Cam Jordan. Mm. Ooh. Ooh. This MFer here. Look, last year, we kind of held him in check a little bit. He only had, like, maybe two or three sacks against uh, Jameis with the two games that we played off against him. So, But I would also like to remind you that we also have a rookie named Tristan Wirfs on, on the line there, and it would just take one adjustment to have their best pass rusher to flip over to the right side and 
be lined up with a rookie. So, Mr. Tones, how do you think we can stop this man? I think it's going to be tough, but I think the Buccaneers are set up for that tough battle a lot better this year than we were last year. I mean, as you said, it's a rookie and Tristan worse, but perhaps we got more veteran tight ends that know how to block. I mean, Gronk's a guy who could block. He's a big guy. O.J. Howard's a good blocker. We can chip him, and our backfield got better with blocking as well. We got uh, Leonard Fournette, who's actually a decent blocker. I think Rojo's worked on helping out blocking this offseason, so if these guys could help chip cam jordan i mean whether he's lined up on the left or right side he's probably going to be against worse a lot i'm sure they'll try and pick on the rookie but if not him and donovan smith are going to go toe-to-toe either way it's going to be a matchup slightly in their favor just based on the player that cam jordan is and the mfer that he is he does bring a nasty attitude to the field but boy i can't stand this guy and i would like to see him shut down this week i'd really appreciate if the bucks o-line and if the bucks tight ends and if the Bucks running backs could make an effort to stop this guy, Davenport, their other um, contrary to Mr. Um, Davenport, their other contrary to Mr. Cam Jordan isn't too important. So I'd put all my eggs in the basket on Cam Jordan. I'd go all out to make sure that this guy isn't the one to get to our 43-year-old quarterback. Let's get the biggest guys we got and put him in front of Cam Jordan. I want to see Rob Gronkowski chip him a little bit before he goes on his routes. I would want to see, like you said, Rojo copping a squat, getting lower and leveling him and straightening him back up. Because I think Worfs is going to need the help. Even Donovan Smith is going to need the help with with everybody in line. Um, but we added a lot of different elements here. We're you know, this is Tom Brady. You per, you protect Tom Brady. Like, I think I'm going to quote the blind side here and say the most expensive thing you should buy is a house, and the second most expensive thing you should buy is the house's insurance. Uh-huh. So we got insurance now. Let's protect this house, and this mm-hmm. is our house. The second MFR on this list here, and this is a – MFR. It's Mr. Michael Thomas. Ooh. This MFR. He's going to get his catches. He's going to get his catches. He's going to get those dumb freaking four, y- four yard in slot routes. He's going to get those. But I think we need to make sure that his yards after the catch are contained. He can catch those every day. He can catch those every play. But if he only gets two or three yards every single time, he's he's pretty much eliminated. Tones, what do you think? Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, this guy might as well be labeled as Slance McGee. This guy Slance can't, McGee. You know, I think he I think he would look like um, you know, one of our presidential candidates looks lost a little bit right now if he were to run anything other than a slant route right now. I think this guy would go out there looking a little sloppy. So I don't know. I don't think this guy's too good. I don't think Michael Thomas outside of his slant routes makes too much of an impact. I like our top three cornerbacks a lot in one on one coverage with with um with Michael Thomas, I think Davis, Murphy Bunting, and um I'm trying to blank Jameel Dean. I think these three guys have incredible physiques and I think they could all handle the slant routes that this guy offers, which isn't much. And I think if Winfield Edwards, Whitehead, and Adams, when they're playing safety, if they could really help out over the top and make sure that Slants McGee, either, even though he looks a little lost when he runs the deep routes, I think if we contain him on um, his few deep routes he takes, it's nothing to worry about. Emmanuel Sanders they have now, sure, that might take a little pressure off him. Michael Thomas, but at the same time, just on Cam Jordan real quick too, again, not the, to go backtrack, but I know Bruce Arians also does like to use offensive linemen as a tight end sometimes, so it'll be interesting to see if we get a package with Wells or Haig as well. Or to help. Vita Yeah, <laughs> Vita Vea, the phenomenon. But, yeah, nonetheless, uh, just a few more words here. But Michael Thomas, Slance McGee, very interesting. Obviously a very good receiver. Doesn't get many yards after the catch. It'll be interesting to see what Michael Thomas brings to offer. I mean, we're going to – 
He's going to get his catches no matter what because they're, you know, that kind of connection between him and Breeze. Um, it's uh, completely unmatched. But this kind of brings me to the last and biggest MFR of them all on this list. And this MFR, some people love him, some people hate him. This MFR is Jameis Winston. Ooh. Ooh. Uh. Now, <laughs> so, Jameis, once again, we appreciate you being a part of the Tampa Bay Buccaneer family, and you are probably the best quarterback that we have ever had. And with that, you are the biggest MFR on this list because we know, Tones knows, the Buccaneer fandom knows that you're handing out all of our secrets like candy to Sean Payton. You're feeding the sow is what you're doing. You're giving away all of our secrets. I would be a little bit more, I would be a little bit more uh, worried if he could remember some of these plays. Uh, <laughs> but that's, uh, that's going to be an X factor here. I think with this game, I think Sean Payton's going to have more insight on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers than he has ever had facing against us. So, Tones, what do you think about that, man? I mean, Jameis, intelligent quarterback, you know, he's a good guy, but this is where I'm disagreeing a little bit, and here's why. Because Jameis, yes, he's probably feeding info to the Saints and Sean Payton. No doubt they may have signed Jameis Winston to even just have him be – maybe not their future quarterback, maybe just be their info guy to, you know, get intel on the Bucks. But let's be honest, Bruce Arians, Byron Leftwich, Tom Brady, Blaine Gabbard, a guy who was away from the game last year, those four guys are smart enough to get together, come up with game plans that are completely different from last year. It's kind of like every time um, Plankton tries to steal the Krabby Patty formula, he thinks he gets the Krabby Patty formula. That's Sean Payton. Sean Payton keeps trying <laughs> to get the formula to the Bucks. Every time he nabs a Bucks player, he thinks he might have it. Sean Plankton. Yeah, Sean Plankton, that's a great yes, one. Sir. I love it. That's incredible. But, yeah, this guy, I think um, he's doing it for the exact reason you named. He's trying to get intel. He's trying to get that inside advantage. He's trying to get that upper edge via Jameis Winston, um, who, by the way, is listed as a number three. How accurate that is, not sure, but he is listed as your number three. So that even screams a little bit more of a, hey, this guy might be here for intel. But, again, Tom Brady and Blaine Gabber are number one and two quarterbacks weren't around I mean Gabbert was technically signed last year but he wasn't around the Bucks at all as he was out for the year so our two quarterbacks weren't really on this team last year didn't really learn the playbook too well so it's going to be interesting a lot of new twists and turns with Brady and Gabbert and the head coaching regime of Arians and Byron Leftwich. all right that's really good insight there and you're pro you are definitely 100% right. These guys are definitely smart enough to come together, come up with something new, something that Jameis doesn't know because they know for sure that that Jameis is a part Jameis is a saint now. I'm sorry to say that some Buccaneer fans don't want to hear this, but Jameis Winston is the enemy now. He yep. he is he is the enemy. He is in our division against our worst rival or with our worst rival. He's handing out our our playbook pretty much, but, but we didn't have Gronk last year. We didn't have, we didn't have uh, uh, too much of Scotty Miller, not too, too much. He was hurt for the most of the year. Scooter. Scooter. <laughs> so I like both of our points here. Um, but yeah, just to close it out, Cam Jordan. Yeah. Look out for that mother effer. Michael Thomas, big time mother effer. And Jameis Winston is the biggest mother effer of them all for the for this game against the Saints. Tones, close yeah. it out, my friend. 
Yeah, I, I, I really like the MFers segment. I'm looking forward to next week already. I think I got um, some good Panthers in my head. It's going to be interesting to see which ones you come up with and see if they're matching the ones in my head. I can't wait. That's an incredible new segment, guys. Once again, Big Bukowski brought in this great MFers segment, and we still have Red and Pewter, so these two are going to be Keystone segments. Without further ado... Big Buck, we've been waiting to give this giveaway. We've been waiting to give it out for a while now, and it's finally time. Are you ready? Drum roll, sir. Drum roll. <laughs> and the winner is Mr. Josh Joshua Chrysler. Come on down, buddy. Um, you win the Jaquiz Rogers glove, Game Use glove. So if you listen to this, reach out to us, tweet at us, DM us. We do follow you, so you could DM us on Twitter. Come on down. Come claim your prize. We will ship it out next time we head to the post office. We appreciate everyone who joined. Me and Big Bukowski, uh, we, you know, we really are happy that you won. It's a true Bucks fan. You can find this man on Twitter, at Josh the Bucks fan. So, incredible guy. We're glad he won. You do, sir, have a Jaquiz Rogers coming your way. And Big Buck, just like that, upcoming, we got an interview with Chris. Yeah, Mr. Chris at all things, Buck. We're going to be going over some of those red and pewter questions that our illustrious Mr. Tampa Tones has worked very hard on. It is going to be an incredible interview, I think. Alrighty, everybody. It's now time for our beloved segment, Red and Pewter. We are welcomed in by a very special guest today, Chris Godwin Stan, you guys know Chris. His ad name on Twitter is at TB underscore Bucks underscore for life. He's an all thing Bucks ATC contributor. He's a longtime fan, big Jameis Winston fan, as many of us were. Chris, thanks for uh, finding time for us for the season preview. How are you doing today? Hey, no problem, man. Thanks for having me on. I'm doing really well today. Um, it's raining out where I'm at up here in, um, in Maryland. But good news about that is the Lightning have been 3-0 when it's raining. So hopefully that streak continues tonight. Yeah, let's hope for that streak to continue. We want the Lightning to do well. And I think we're ready to uh, bring home a Stanley Cup and we're ready for week one. It's raining here as well. Big Buck, how are you doing over there in Arizona? It is dry as hell. If you guys can bring some of that water, that would be much appreciated. Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely bring you some of that water. We'll get going with the questions here. Chris, are you ready for week one? Oh, yeah, man, I'm, uh, I'm excited. Football is finally back. You know, this has been one of the longest off-seasons I can ever remember. Usually the off-seasons go by, you know, training camp, preseason, it kind of drags on. You're like, man, let's just get to week one already. But, man, I was just glad to get to training camp. You know, because with COVID-19, you weren't sure. There was just so many, so much uncertainty about, you know, if this season was going to happen or not. And I, and I think the NFL up to this point has done a very good job. Um, you know, I mean, they've had a very low positivity rate, and I hope that trend will continue as the weeks go on. Fingers crossed. Yep, definitely fingers crossed. And, um yeah, well, we're hoping for good news around the COVID front, that's for sure. Big Buck, take it away. All right, Chris, how you doing today, sir? Hey, how's it going, Big Buck? I'm doing well. Awesome. So, week one prediction. Let's hear it, buddy. Final score and who's going to be the winner. Don't disappoint. Um, yeah, I mean, look, <laughs> I'm a Bucks fan, so I – no matter who they're playing, I'm gonna I'm gonna go for them to win. Um, I know that's a little biased, but hey, you know it is what it is. But you know, I, I mean, I could see the Saints. They generally don't come out to play Week One. They usually start off very slow. And the Bucks in recent years, you know, I think last four out of five years they've opened the season one and zero. So um, I don't see why they can't go into New Orleans and and get the job done, and I expect them to. So I have the Bucks winning 27-24 to 24 with Drew Brees Ooh. throwing the uh, interception with about a minute left in the game. 
See, that's it's going to be really interesting because this is going to be everybody's game of the week here because you have two different sides and both sides have things going for them. Like, for instance, you just mentioned that the Saints don't really win first uh, week one home games. They, for whatever reason, the most memorable one being Ryan Fitzpatrick lighting them up. Um, but you also have to look at Tom Brady. He's been, what, I think it's been like 13-4 and four in week one games in his entire career. So there's a lot of pull and push. This is going to be a very exciting game. Um, I'm going to be a little bit more pessimistic just because I'm not 100% sure about our chemistry. It's not really there yet. We've only had a few practices. We didn't really have a preseason. We didn't have a preseason at all. So for me, it would be with a heavy heart. I will be rooting for the Bucks, but I would think the Saints would win 30-27. to 27. Now, those are two uh, reasonable scores, and I'm a Bucks optimist. I'm, I'm a Buck fan. I come out week one fired up. I know the Saints have the three-and-a-half-point advantage, and they're at home, and they're going to be making the dome interesting with all the pumped-in crowd noise and whatnot. But both of your predictions are nice. I like Chris's idea of Drew Brees perhaps throwing an interception late in the game. I think that would be fitting for Drew Brees and what he's been going through with the Saints lately. And as Chris pointed out, the Saints are uh, notorious slow starters. I mean, we beat them a few years back, and they had their trouble with the Cleveland Browns a couple years ago. So the Saints always start out of the gate slow. I think the Buccaneers sneak up on him in this one. I do think we get this W week one. I don't think it comes too pretty. And that leads me to my next question for Chris. Chris, if we win – or if we lose, should we be encouraged or discouraged based on the outcome? Or are you kind of throwing this out the window as it's a week one in a COVID year without a preseason? I mean, every every week's important. Um, I wouldn't say hit the panic button. But, I mean, it, it really depends on how they lose. You know, if the Bucks go out there week one and they lose 40 to nothing to the Saints, then it's going to be this, you know, all the same old Bucks. you know. Right. Um off-season champion, paper champions. You know, they just got to go out there, be humble. You know, they've had been talked about the most in a long time. You know, this team isn't used to being talked about, you know, on five or six segments a day, per day, seven days a week for the last, you know, since, what, March? So as long as they stay focused, stay humble, if Tom Brady can keep them, you know, the eye on the prize, they're not – getting, you know, a swollen head or big-headed, then, you know, they should go out there and put up a good fight. Um, I expect both offenses to come out of the gate very slow, uh, at least for the first half. I think, you know, it might be like a 7-3 to three game by halftime. Um, and that, that would be normal and okay. Mainly, you know, like you said, no preseason. You've only had about a month of practice. You haven't faced any other team other than your own team. So I can see, you know, a very slow start for both teams. And then maybe in the second half, things start picking up a little bit more. But I wouldn't, you know, if it's 40 to nothing, I still wouldn't overreact because, you know, the schedule's favorable for the Bucks. You know, next week you go into, uh, go back home to play Carolina. And then you got Denver, I think, week four. I mean, the, the Von Miller-less Denver. We got to put that in yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. And I, I have the Bucks in the first quarter. They should be able to go at least 3-1, and one, if not 4-0. Oh. Um, I had Denver with Von Miller in my original predictions as a loss. But without Von Miller, now I'm giving them a win. Um, so the only team I can really see them losing to would be the Saints in that first four games. Yeah, good point, Chris. Um, but I just want to say that it's incredibly important for all the Buccaneer fans listening in. If we don't have a very good game if week one, this is not the time to jump ship. Because nope. it's, it's going to be a process here. We're going to have to be patient. We have to understand that it's incredibly hard for a brand, like for a quarterback, any quarterback, 
to get thrown into Bruce Arians' system with little to no preparation over the offseason, plus getting chemistry down with new receivers and um, everything like that. So I, w- I just don't want people to be discouraged, win or loss, even if we get blown out 40 to nothing. I think we have to take it one step at a time. I'm not really expecting too much from this group of guys in the first six games of the season. I think we're going to see the real Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, week seven and, and, and over. Yeah, but with that being said, you got to be able to – you can't drop six games in a row and expect to go to the playoffs. Either. No. They're going to have no. to win some of those games. And I think, you know, um, one of the biggest concerns I had – was, you know, I at least would have liked to have seen one preseason game. I think the NFL should have had one preseason game because especially, you know, the last – I think the last week of training camp should have been because, I mean, you're going to go – the Bucks are going to travel to New Orleans, so I don't just see much of a difference of canceling all preseason. They should have played at least one game. I just, my biggest concern is the team not hitting – you know, they can tackle dummies all day or whatnot. You know, Tom Brady hasn't, other than uh, that rookie or undrafted free agent uh, outside linebacker touching him once in practice, he hasn't been hit at all. That kind of concerns me because, you know, he's 43 years old, and at that age, you don't really want to take any hits. And we're um, playing Cam Jordan also. Yeah, you're going up a very good defense line with Cam Jordan, Sheldon Rankins. You know, it sounds like Tristan Wirfs is going to be um, starting week one. You never know what Donovan Smith's going to bring to the table. Is he going to show up to play or is he going to let, you know, Cam Jordan just come on by for free and get some hits on Tom Brady? So, I mean, there's a lot to be seen. You don't really know what you're going to see. Um, my biggest question is, is it still going to be Tom Brady's offense or is it going to be Bruce Arians' offense or is it going to be both? Um so there's just a lot of answers or a lot of questions that I want to see answered uh, on Sunday. And it'll be the first time we get to see the Bucks, you know, so. Yeah, Normally I'm, by now. I'm with you there. I'm with you there 100% on the preseason thing. I think we should have at least had one, you know, uh, right, wrong, or indifferent. We should have one for sure. Yeah, I mean, if, if the NFL is, you know, they're living and, they're talking up this testing and how good it's been, you know, then trust your testing and, and go out there and trust, you know, the players have shown so far up to this point that they've been very uh, accountable. You know, they're not doing anything that the Marlins and the Cardinals were doing, you know, they're not going to casinos. They're not going to strip clubs or whatnot at this juncture. So, I mean, I get the NFL, May not want to have stopped the season before it got started. But I, I think if you trust your testing and you trust your protocols and you trust the players, you wouldn't have had any issue with at least one preseason game. You know, at okay. least having Miami. Go, go right you know, ahead. Yeah, if you had like Miami or Jacksonville, Jacksonville's closer. I think they're, what, three hours from Tampa? Come and play, you know, a game. You, you could have done that league-wide because most teams are very – um, or pretty much close to each other. Except so, for Seattle. Um, <laughs> yeah, Seattle. But anyway, Chris, so with everything being said here about potential slow starts and everything, what do you see our final record being at, sir? Well, I originally had a 10-6. and six. Now I, gotta, I guess I have to move that to 11-5 and five with Alvon Miller, I think. The Denver really doesn't have a whole lot of a shot to beat the Bucks. I mean, they still have Bradley Chubb, but come on, man. It's, it's Von Miller. He's a game changer. That Von Miller so, thing was huge. That turned yeah. everything around. So when I went – when that happened and I changed, uh, my original was 10-6. and six. Uh, Now I'll have to go to 11-5, and five, giving them the win over Denver. Yeah, 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 definitely. I had him right in the ten and six to twelve and four range. I think eleven and five is perfect, especially with the Von Miller injury. I do think we get lucky here. As you said, they still have Chubb, so it's not like they have nobody coming off the edge now. But 
Chubb is coming back from a season-ending surgery, too, last year. So who knows if they have a full, healthy Chubb. It will be something. I mean, we get kind of lucky to play Denver without Miller and with the slowly coming back Chubb. So it'll be um, fun to see. And the Broncos announced they will have fans that week for week um, three, I think it is. So that'll be interesting to see how that um, how that shakes out. So I think 11-5 and five is a perfect prediction. And once again, we are here with Chris, all things Bucks, ATV contributor, doing our season preview and our game of Red and Pewter, which we'll get into right now. We have three questions on Red and Pewter. And Chris, if you disagree, you say Red. And if you agree, you say Pewter. Pretty fairly simple. Um, and they are three decent questions, and they're surrounded by week one. These are all week one questions, so let's get right to it. Big Buck, you'll get the first crack at question one, and then we'll let Chris answer. Tom Brady will have more passing yards than Drew Brees this Sunday, red or pewter? Oh, boy, that is a tough one. I think, man, <sighs> I, I think I already know Chris's answer for this one, so I would have to come up with, with something on my own. I will say pewter on that. Um, strictly just because I think right out of the gate, I think the Saints are going to come out hot. They're going to come out hot against us, and uh, I think it's going to be a game of catch-up. I think it's going to be one of those kinds of of games where we might abandon the run game completely. And then we're going to have to have Tom Brady, you know, gunsling against Drew Brees. Um, and honestly, it just is a, kind of a toss up to see. It's going to be a bit of a teeter totter between the two of them. But I, I think Tom might edge out with receiving yards in total. Chris, what do you think? Well, I'm going to go with the red here. Um, I don't think Tom Brady will have more passing yards than Drew Brees in this game. Um, I think with the Bucks' run defense, the Saints are going to be forced to throw them a little bit more than what they probably want to. Uh, I, I expect them to come out throwing early and often and keep that throughout the game because I don't – as good as Kamara is, he's just as effective – in the passing game as he is in the running game. So they can use Kamara as an extension of the running game via, you know, short passing game. So by that alone, I would say that Drew Brees will have more passing yards than Tom Brady. And it's not the aerosol offense where that we're used to seeing. Um, I think Brady will have about 225 yards passing and Drew Brees will have a, a 285 to 300, somewhere in there. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think it's going to be interesting to see how this offense looks with Tom Brady. I think everybody has an idea of how it will look with Tom Brady. Sure, the turnovers might be trimmed, but will he be able to stretch the field? Will our ball move as well? I think it's interesting that one of you took Breeze, one of you go Brady, so I'm going to have to be the decision maker here. Um Ah, man, this is tough. And a report just came out that Mike Evans is banged up heading into week one. So that doesn't bode too well for Tom Brady as well. And as Chris said, I think Kamara coming out of the backfield is a huge advantage for Drew Brees as Tom Brady likes to check the ball down. And Leonard Fournette may not be 100% in tune yet. LaShawn McCoy is still a little bit new. And we'll see if Ronald Jones' hands got a little better. I know some practices he looked good. Some his hands still look shaky. So, you know, it'll be interesting. I'm going to go red. I think the Bucks win. But I think Breeze has more yards. I think they're playing a little bit um, from behind. I think Kamara is able to be explosive out of the – pass catch game and it'll be interesting to see if our run defense last year was number one for the talent we had or was number one for teams trying to take advantage of the pass defense that we had so it'll be interesting to see how we look against Breeze I think you can't go wrong either way Breeze or Brady here so bouncing into question number two red or pewter the defense of the Bucks has more memorable plays than our offense does week one this Sunday. Chris, we'll start with you. Can you repeat the question? You said our defense will have more memorable plays than our offense. 
Yes, sir. Our defense, uh, well, you know, just our defense will show out more than our offense week one, right or pewter. Oh, yeah, I agree with that one, pewter. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, I think the offenses are way, you know, it, it's easier to play defense than it is offense in the NFL. So I think the offense, as much as Bruce Arians has said, well, you know, Tom Brady's right where he needs to be. Yeah, he, he's right where he needs to be in practice, but you haven't seen it in the game situation against another team. When teams are actually game planning against Tom Brady, you know, you don't want to probably something that sticks out in Cam Jordan's mind, and I don't really know if it amplifies it more, but his job's to get after the quarterback, and he's going to want to hit Brady. He's going to want to hit the greatest quarterback of all time as much as he can. You know, that's just the kind of competitive nature that I see inside him. Um, so I just think it's going to be up. If the Bucks are going to win this game, the defense is going to have to play. Um, they're going to have to create turnovers. They're going to have to get after Drew Brees. So I, I could definitely see them having more memorable plays than the offense. And the offense will be less explosive, I think. You know, you're not going to have Tom Brady running 10 yards around the Saints defensive line and then chucking the ball down the field to Mike Evans or Scotty Miller. So. Um, yeah, I would say the defense should have more memorable moments in this game. Yeah, I think you bring up some great points. Big Buck, Red or Pewter, do you agree with Chris, or you think our offense outshines their D? I'm actually going to go ahead and agree with Chris here, but for a completely different reason. I'm more in the camp about how um, our defense, we kept everybody. I don't think we, we either lost anybody or, or very, very few. Um, so this group of guys has been together for quite a while already, and they already have pre-established chemistry, everything like that. I think people are going to be talking more about our defense than our offense, um, just mainly because uh, of just that chemistry. And then, um, like Chris said, our offense might not be, you know, a hundred percent in tune as of yet, just because of our lack of preparation. So I will say, I will agree with Chris on this one. Yep. Yep. I think both of you guys hit the nail on the head. I'm going to say pewter as well. I think our defense shows up better than our offense. And I will say, I'm going to add yet another element of reasoning to this. I think our defense is tired of getting slept on. I think they're tired of getting, viewed as a weak link when the Bucks offense hasn't even taken a snap together yet. And this defense, as Big Bucks said, it's all pretty much coming back. We don't have any main guys down, just some reserves or backups that are gone or whatnot, but no starters. I'm very happy that we have all these starters back. And it's going to be incredible having Jason Pierre-Paul week one as well across from Shaq Barrett. Last year, it took us halfway through the year to see that dynamic duo. So it's going to be fun. It'll be interesting. I'm going to go with Pewter as well. I think, um, like Chris said, our defense makes a big play late on Drew Brees, and I think that'll be the memorable factor from this game. I I agree with you guys. I'm going to go defense. And with defense, that brings turnovers, and we're turning it over to question number three. This is the main interesting reason, not the main – maybe not the main one, but this is a big reason – about the excitement behind week one, too. So, Buccaneers franchise great Amos Winston is now a member of the New Orleans Saints. Winston was arguably the best quarterback in Buccaneers franchise history. He's made the best plays of any quarterback in Buccaneers franchise history and almost any player in our history. He's made incredible plays. He's had incredible stats. And now he is a member of the division rival New Orleans Saints. And he's not used to being a backup. He will be a backup now. So this brings up question number three. Big Buck, we'll start with you. No matter what the play is, it could be holding a kick. It could be coming in for Breeze. It could be some trickery with Taysom Hill and Jameis. But computer, we will see Jameis Winston take a snap on Sunday. Big Buck, we'll start with you. Ooh. This one's tough. This one, because you're going to have to predict the the game plan for the Saints. Um, I'm not 100% sure who they have on their special teams, but I'm pretty sure it's still Taysom Hill. 
I will say, <laughs> oh, my goodness. You know, I'm going to go ahead and maybe say, I'm going to, I'm just going to be decisive here. I'm going to say red. Um, just because, you know, Jameis is on like the third string quarterback. He's a third string quarterback. A lot is going to have to happen for him to be on the field, at least for the offense. So I'll, I'll say, I'll say red on this one. I'm going to hand it over to Chris. Yeah, I'm going to say red. Um, the only way I really see Jameis taking a snap in this game is if Drew Brees goes down. Uh, I'm not buying the whole depth chart listing as he'll be QB3 on the team. I definitely think he would go in there if Drew Brees was to go down and, instead of Taysom Hill. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the only time you might see Jameis this game is for two reasons. If he's an honorary captain – which that's not taking a snap. He just goes out there for the coin coin toss or if Drew Brees gets hurt. But yeah. I, I, I don't – Yeah, keep going. I see, yeah, I don't see Sean Payton creating, like, certain packages for Jameis Winston, um, mainly because I think the Saints are trying to hide Jameis Winston as best as they can. And they don't want another let's, you know, get uh, – Teddy Bridgewater get out out of our uh, organization. So I, I think they want to keep him hidden as much as they can this season so that next year they can bring him back, have him compete with Taysom Hill for that number, for that uh, starting quarterback job. Yeah, I definitely agree that Jameis is there for a reason, and I think the Saints brought Jameis in because – they seen what happened to Teddy Bridgewater, and they know how important that backup quarterback is. And, yes, I said backup because I agree, too. I don't listen to the depth chart that has Taysom Hill at number two currently. I know that's a big word on the street. But as we've seen last year, when the Saints were playing the Rams and when Drew Brees went down, Taysom Hill came in and he struggled to start that game. So then they ended up easing in Teddy Bridgewater. So it looked like they were going to try and go to Taysom Hill as their second quarterback, but they ended up going with Bridgewater. And I think that Jameis is essentially the Saints' number two quarterback as well. I think Taysom's just their number two quarterback listed for trick plays and things like that, try and get cute. But nonetheless, I think we do. I'm going to go pewter. I'm going to go, we will see Jameis Winston on Sunday. And I agree that there might not be packages for Jameis Winston necessarily, but Sean Payton is a guy who likes to get retribution. Sean Payton's a guy who likes to humiliate his opponents. Sean Payton's a guy who hates the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And it was pretty clear this offseason um, there were some comments made, who's quarterback university, Saints or Bucks. I think both have a lot of good quarterback knowledge and willpower, but I just think one way or another, whether it's a close game, a blowout, um, you know, a Hail Mary before halftime or at the end of the game or something, I think Jameis Winston gets at least one play. I think they're going to let him play against his former team. I don't think it's much. I don't think it's anything crazy. I think we're just going to see some sort of um, play with either Jameis throwing it before half or Hail Mary because we know Drew Brees has a turd arm nowadays and whatnot. But I think we see a glimpse of Jameis. I don't think they expose him much, as Chris said. I think they try and keep him under the rug. And we got a couple minutes left, guys, real quick here. We got a few minutes to wrap this up, but we're going to get into Thursday night football preview real quick. That is tomorrow. We got a game. Oh, my gosh, the NFL is back. Houston Texans are nine-point underdogs to the Chiefs. Both of these teams were playoff teams last year. Both have um, had a long-term agreement with their quarterback this offseason for big money. Chris, how do you see tomorrow's Thursday night game, the first night uh, or the first game of the year going? Um, Houston's going to lose, and it's going to be more than nine points. <laughs> oh, I, I like it. Yeah. I, I, I mean, they, they, look, as much as they, you know, they traded one of the best wide receivers in the league, and just gained an aging running back in uh, David Johnson. Um, I, I don't think it's going to go well for Houston this 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 year at all. Um, I like Deshaun Watson. I want him to be successful, but I mean, you can't get rid of a player who's that 
caliber of talent and expect that you're just going to fill it in. Um, it's like, you know, if the Bucks lost, traded Mike Evans and expected Scotty Miller to be wide receiver one, come on, you know, that's – there's a big drop-off, and I think it's going to impact Houston more than what they originally thought. Um, so, yeah, I just don't – I see that the Chiefs are coming off a Super Bowl win. You know, Andy Reid's a smart coach. He's going to dial up plays where Tyreek Hill's going to be all by himself. Um, yeah, so I don't think week one's going to go very well for Houston. Um, I like the Chiefs in this game. I'm going to say 31 to 14. Okay, I, I, I like that. And I think the Chiefs are going to come out fired up as well. I think the Chiefs win this game as well. They just had that um, Super Bowl ceremony where they got their rings and Patrick Mahomes proposed to his girlfriend. Michael Hardman dropped his ring. They were all having a good time. You could tell the chemistry on this team is through the roof. And I do agree that the Texans were in a little bit over their head this offseason, getting rid of the best wide receiver for an aging running back and whatnot. So I'm going to go with the Chiefs as well. I think it's a little bit closer of a game. Um I'm not going to say I have the Texans in the points, but there's a good chance I have the Texans in nine points. And I don't think the Texans win the game, but I will say I think they're going to cover. I think it's going to be 31 to 23. I think uh, Chiefs come out on top 31 to 23. Big Buck, what are your thoughts? I mean, I think we're all on the kind of the same page here. Bill O'Brien might be the dumbest GM we've had in recent memory. Um, no DeAndre Hopkins, no win for Houston here. I'm going to say Chiefs are going to run away with this thing, 38 to 14. All right, so we're three for three in predicting the Chiefs. Chris and Big Buck think it's going to be a blowout. I think it's going to be a moderate blowout, but I think it's going to be a little closer. I think the Chiefs will be winning by two possessions all game, and then the Texans get that backdoor cover in. Well, guys, it's been a blast. Look for this on Thursday. This will be up tomorrow for our season preview episode. This will actually be up on opening night. Guys, it's been a blast. Uh, once again, all things Bucks contributor, ATB contributor, Chris. Chris, thanks for coming on. And where, one more time, can the people follow you on Twitter? Hey, hey no problem. Thanks for having me on. Uh, this was fun. You can find me on Twitter at TB underscore Bucks underscore for life. Um, that's really all where you can find me. I don't get on Facebook or Instagram or anything like that. Um, I just changed my Twitter name from Chris Winstand to Chris Godwinstand. So, um, t- <laughs> again, that's at TV underscore bucks underscore for life. All right, guys, you know where to find him, Big Buck. Now you know where to find Chris. Thanks again, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. We can't wait till week one.